Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is The Greg Hill Show on WEEI. Heat game two tonight, and joining us right now to talk about it on the Harbor One Hotline, it is Radio.com Sports Insider Brian Scalabrini. Insider calls are brought to you by Pennzoil Motor Oils made from natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Scal, good morning. You know what? I love that intro song. I think every time I come on air, I'm going to request that that intro song is played. It took me back to my early days of college, man. I appreciate the intro. Well, that's all Wiggy. I mean, yeah, that's uh, a good song right there. Hey, we went to Texas to get that one. <laughs> Houston. <laughs> so I, I'm going to start good. with, uh, I'm going to start with what Wiggy and, and Curtis have been saying for the last few days, which is that, Brad Stevens is not the right coach for this Celtics team. Are are, uh, are you on their side when it comes to that, or, or where do you stand on the, on this coach? I, I, absolutely not. I mean, what what would make you think that? I know you guys are thinking, oh, it's just Gal being, you know, like uh, watching a game through his green lenses. But Brad puts guys in the right position to succeed. He develops players. He he has. Uh, he moves the ball. You got Gordon Hayward out right now. I don't understand why people would ever like point the finger at the coach after one game. And what do you think? The Toronto series? You know, a lot of people picked Toronto to beat the Celtics. They were one of the top uh, seeds in the East. They were one of the hottest teams in the East. And the Celtics had them on the ropes. Well, I feel like, Scout, that the ceiling with Brad Stevens is Eastern Conference Finals. And he does a good job with players that when you getting them to overachieve, I think he has an issue now that he's starting to have some of these star players and managing their egos, getting them to understand, getting uh, Jalen Brown to be more aggressive, maybe calling out Kemba Walker a little bit and saying, hey, we need you to do more. Shot selection with Jason Tatum. I think he's too nice of a guy when you deal with, with superstar players. But you're thinking that he's not doing that behind closed doors. So you you want him to call out his players to the public? You want him to do it in the media session? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you think a good coach would do? You know, who does that right now in the NBA? Name one coach that calls out their, their own player. By, by the way, did you read Danny Ainge's comments? Danny Ainge kind of calls out his players about moving the ball and all that. That's fine, but no coach is doing that nowadays. 
Well, I don't, I don't mean in a negative way, but I mean to just be more of a coach that's more vocal, like a Popovich. You know, I've heard Steve Kerr in the past go, hey, Clay Thompson has to play better in certain situations. That's all I, I, I feel like with Brad. I, and I said this, he's got to be able to get him over the hump. And if you can't get him over the hump, is he the right guy who's been here for a long time to get this team over the hump? I think sooner or later you got to look and go, maybe we've just hit our ceiling with Brad Stevens as a coach. Yeah, so you think we hit our ceiling with a 23- and 22-year-old uh, superstar? That's the ceiling? Well, no, I don't, I, I'm don't. i not saying with, with Jason Tatum, but you might lose Jason Tatum because you know how the NBA is now. It's all about guys linking up with each other and kind of building these you know, dynamic duos or big threes or whatever it is. And we have you, that. We have a dynamic duo and a big three. Well, Jason Tatum is going to sign a Supermax. He just got named 13 all NBA. He's going to sign... $180 million extension this offseason. There's mm-hmm. no, like, there's no, Jason Tatum's not leaving. Jalen Brown's not leaving. Kendall Walker is, is up there in age, but if, if they can maintain his body, and that has nothing to do with Brad Stevens, that has to do with the medical and all that. I mean, this is, listen, if there's, if you think there's a better basketball coach out there, I'd love for you to tell me the guys who, we got to remember, got to be available to get them. And I mean, listen, if Brad Stevens, let's just say that Brad Stevens today, today got a new like was was not a Celtic coach there will be 29 other teams that will be doing whatever they can to get him so a guy is either a good coach or he's not a good coach and you can't base it off of listen I don't like the way the Celtics played at all in game one I thought it was kind of embarrassing but that's assuming that in game two they're going to do the same thing can we at least reserve judgment until we can watch the Celtics move the ball now I will say this if you want to talk about the Celtics playing all four games, getting sweeped by the Miami Heat and not moving the ball and not using Jalen Brown the way that they should and, and wasting great performances by Marcus Smart, then we can have that conversation. But one game, one game, that's, that's jumping to that's, 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 uh, jump conclusions way too quickly. Well, I'll tell you who Wiggy and Curtis would prefer as a coach, and, and you played for him. It's Doc Rivers. I like Doc. So right now – yeah, I like Doc. Doc's a good coach. You really know who I want. Go get Greg Popovich. I know his name's been thrown around with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he's a guy out there. Conversation. Uh, uh, listen, like, <laughs> you either you either are an elite coach or you're not, right? And there's nothing along the way that points the finger that, that Brad Stevens is not a good coach. He he puts players in place to get to, to be successful. He takes the other team's weaknesses and he tries to exploit them. Well, here's the thing that I don't get. Like, you think Brad Stevens is like, hey, guys, today we want to run isolation. Jason Tatum, we really want you to dribble 14 times and walk the ball up the court. He's never going to say those things. And here's the thing that's the most disturbing about what, the way that we play. We played Miami in the seeding games. No Jimmy Butler, and we got crushed. Miami just dominated both sides of the ball. The next game, we have the Toronto Raptors and, and, and the Brooklyn Nets, right in the same ta- area. And we, all we did was move the ball. And all you heard from the Celtics was, we got to move the ball, we got to move the ball, we got to move the ball. Then we play Miami, the one that taught us the lesson about ball movement, and we go into isolation. So, listen, if this continues, then maybe afterwards I'll get back on your guys' show and we'll have this conversation. But after game one, I promise you, I promise you today, the Celtics will move the ball. I, I, there's no way that we don't play. And by the way, we had major leads up until that point, players got to be able to close leads out. That has nothing to do with Brad Stevens. It has to do with players making plays down the stretch. Scal, uh, with Kemba shooting 28% or whatever, 
um, is do you feel like he's not a hundred percent physically? No, I, here, here's the issue, and I've I've seen this a lot. I've seen this with Ray Allen back when we played in '08. When we played the Cleveland Cavaliers, every time Ray Allen caught the ball, they put two guys on him. So think about Kemba. He's coming off of a, a struggling series against Toronto, and now he's in game one of the Miami Heat. you got Tatum out there. you got Brown out there playing at a high level. Heck, you got Marcus Smart knocking down all these shots. But you know what they're still doing? They're still trapping Kemba Walker 35, 40 feet from the basket. So I think the word is out on the Celtics. And this will and this will fall on Brad Stevens, and he will have to figure this out, and the guys would have to figure this out and make the right plays. But if you are trapping a guy forty feet from the basket and you can't score four on three against the Miami Heat, then you got to reevaluate what's going on right now. So I understand the word is out on Kemba. Take him out, and you have the best chance of beating the Celtics. That's why Nick Nurse went boxing one against Kemba. Celtics really struggled with that. Now they're trapping Kemba 35, 40 feet from the basket. The Celtics have to take advantage of that. My guess is during this game, they will absolutely destroy Miami when they put two on Kemba 35 feet from the basket. There's, I've only seen one other player where they've done that to, and that's Derrick Rose back when I played with him in Chicago. They would just trap him when he came up over half court, and, and us as a team, we weren't good enough to make him pay. The Celtics have to figure out a way to make him pay, and that's probably Tatum making a play over to Brown for a three or over to Smart or Wanamaker or whoever knocking down a three. But the, the word is out. They're trying to take Kemba out of, of the game, and, and so he when he does get open, he doesn't have any type of rhythm. Scout. Scout. Oh, I, sorry, Daniel. Sorry, Wiggy. Right. I know you said the guys are going to move the ball, but as a player, how much does a game one loss going into a series like this affect your mindset? Do you find it harder to reset for subsequent games, or is it always like a fresh approach, like, okay, we got this moving forward? No, I, I think NBA players, like everyone talks about uh, like dealing with adversity. I think NBA players are the best at that. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you have a game and you play terrible, which I think they did. They had many chances to win. I thought they played terrible. And I think going in... You, you have that mindset, like, we have to do A, B, and C. We have to execute the game plan. We cannot deviate. And not only does the coach hold them accountable, but I think when you after you lose a playoff game, I think players hold each other much more accountable. The other end is tough. When you succeed, that, that's where it becomes like Miami Heat, right? They're a grimy type of team. Will they continue to play that grimy style moving forward after a game one win where everyone's kind of feeling themselves. So I think the advantage is a team coming off the loss. And uh, unless a team is just superiorly has more talent than you, the Celtics will come in with a a more aggressive mindset. And you watch the way they played in the first and the third. That's how Celtic basketball is supposed to be played. And then they got a lead. It was like almost too easy for them, and they let go of the rope. That can't happen in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's what absolutely happened in that second and fourth quarter. Scal, do you think at times when you're watching the games that there are points in the game where Jalen Brown offensively kind of disappears a little bit, and if he does, is is it just he's not he needs to be more aggressive, or is that something that maybe I'm that's not really there? Because I feel like sometimes offensively. He just loses his aggressiveness. When he's aggressive and he's getting to the rim, he's making unbelievable plays. But there might be stretches yeah. where you might miss him and go, where is he offensively? Yeah, when, when Celtics play good basketball, uh, Jalen Brown will have a good game. When the Celtics play isolation basketball, it's going to be tough for Jalen Brown. Like, he'll still make shots here and there. Or he had that tip in, but it's, it's ridiculous that the ball did not move late in that game. I, I, I get it. There's a There's a... 
there's a certain point in time where a guy like a Jason Tatum has a hot hand, and you want to use that once in a while. It's like it's totally fine to have heat checks. Like I don't, I don't know the equivalent of football where you can kind of like deviate from the game plan for short amounts of time because one guy has it going or a quarterback and a receiver have it going. I don't, I don't know how it works in football, but in basketball, you want to go to that and you want to get away from that, and then you want to make sure you can go back to that. And down the stretch in the last two minutes of the game, you want to save that in your bag, but. Like to play an entire quarter that way, it, 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 to me, it shows that they're limping to the finish line versus sprinting through the finish line. Celtics are great when they move the ball, and they have a lot of ball movers and a lot of talent and a lot of guys who drive closeouts and get to the basket. When they do that, they'll play good. When they don't, they won't. And I and I think to beat my to beat the Miami Heat, you have to attack them multiple times. You saw the points in the paint. It was like something like twenty four points in the paint for the Celtics. Forget the points, the end result. Count how many times the ball hit the paint. And if the ball has to hit the paint multiple times on a possession, if you're going to have a good possession. And if it doesn't, and if it's just dribbling and staying on the perimeter, you're not going to beat the Heat. That's just not how it works. So I think Jalen Brown will be great if you can drive and kick, drive and kick, and then the ball sort of finds Jalen Brown with a Tyler Hero closing out on him, and all of a sudden he's going hard to the basket. Jalen Brown only needs a shoulder by a guy to get to the basket. And if they move the ball, he'll get those opportunities, but not – standing around watching you know, two guys run two-man games to try to exploit a matchup that may or may not be there. Scal, where do you rank that block the other night all-time? Greatest. Greatest playoff block I've ever seen. In today's game, with everything is a foul, and, and can you, you ever seen a, a block on a dunk attempt where not a single human being, including the guy who got blocked, didn't even argue the call? I, I've never <laughs> seen a foul like that where not a single person in the history of the world that saw that play thought it was a foul. Greatest playoff block I've ever seen. Scout, Scout, what do you think of Jason Tatum taking it to the hole, though? I I thought, you know, it was a great block, but I love the fact that he was aggressive at the end of the game uh, in that situation versus, like you talked about, hawking up a three um, from five feet behind the three-point line. So I can live with that. I think that's what I'd like to see him do, especially in a closeout time, is be aggressive. Yeah, no question. I I, I did not like that end shot. I, I liked how he went aggressive to the basket. And listen, Jason Tatum is, is, a, is an unbelievable player. He drives to the basket next time. He's going up two, two hands, and he's going to pounce on Bam. He's not going to back down from that opportunity. I thought this. I thought the three, listen, he can make that shot. And a lot of people like the, I'm going to send you home with a 25-footer or a 30-footer from the hash mark. But that's not what's, what makes Jason Tatum tough. Just look at the difference. Jimmy Butler went right to the basket with force. He got an and one. Jason Tatum took a shot from the hash mark. But that's a live-and-learn type of situation. It's not like he can't make it. He can make it. i just rather see him go aggressively to the basket because he has so much in his bag. Well, mm-hmm. Greg, you said when he played uh, for Neshoba, he used to go up two hands yeah. on the dunk. That Scott, was you the know reason. this. Uh, when I was playing for Neshoba Regional High School, double zero would always two-hand the dunk. I mean, you got to two-hand the dunk. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to two-hand it. You don't have to two-hand it. But if you're going up against Bam, you better go body to body. You ain't going to avoid him, as we saw on that play. All right. Well, when it comes to your Celtics, or as you refer to them, us, you like them tonight, right, Scal? Yeah, oh, oh, big time, big time, big time. Is big this time. a must-win, though? I, I, I can't imagine. If we lose this game, then it's, I, I cannot I cannot imagine us losing this game one bit. The line's two and a half. I, I just I cannot, in my mind, see how the Celtics don't figure this thing out. So it's a must-win, then? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. In the bubble, you can't go down 2-0 in the bubble. It's, it's like going down 3-0 outside the bubble. Hmm. All, All right. right. Well, good luck tonight, Scal. 
What? <laughs> He's not playing, Curtis. Listen, the guy bleeds green. Uh, there, wrong with Scal, that. Curtis, a couple yeah, texters. I'm going to let you guys know. As much as I bleed green, I picked Toronto to beat the Celtics. I just thought, yeah. I didn't know Pascal Siakam was so terrible. Oh, but God. Think, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't walk around thinking, I, I just don't think Miami's that good. I know a lot of people think they are. I don't. I think they're good. I think they're good enough. And I, by the way, I picked my, Miami to beat Milwaukee. And I think Milwaukee would have beat us. It's just a matchup thing. I don't see how they match up against us. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get fired for my lack of analysts. No, the, 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 the issue is that Curtis and some texters, they don't like when you refer to the Celtics as us because you're no longer Why? playing. Because you're no longer I playing. I played there. You know, like, you guys don't, when you're breaking down the Celtics, I, I, I'm on the team playing. I, I follow the team. I keep it as 100 as I can. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dancing around from uh, what I think. I, this is actually what I think. But I do, I do root for them. Your coverage on Comcast is uniquely honkish, from Draper <laughs> to you to Abby. To, it's like everybody. You're not, watching. You're not watching close enough. You're not watching. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, yeah. Scal. Great to talk to you. And we'll All talk right. to you again, I'm sure. I hope. stuff, man. I'm sure. All right. All right. See you guys. All right. That is Radio.com Sports Insider Brian Scalabrini. Insider calls are brought to you on this show by Pennzoil. Motor oils made from natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.